0: hi there and welcome to this week's edition of the Jersey net weekly podcast i'm your host this week i'm Colin armstrong and i'll be with you for the next hour or so as we look back at the weekend's action Uh, excuse me me, guys i've just uh i forgot to mute there We'll be looking at the, the, the weekend action there against uh, Hamilton yesterday. We'll also be looking at uh, some of the stuff that's came out from the Commander game last week, particularly the, the Steve A. Clark controversy. Now, if you're listening into the podcast for the first time, uh, it's episode 33 of the Jersnet podcast. It's the second live edition. Uh, we went live last week for the first time. So if it's your first time listening, please contribute uh, via the comment section on YouTube. Uh, if you've not subscribed to the podcast, please do that. You know we're always we're always looking for people to subscribe and also share on social media, your Twitter, your Facebook, all those kind of things. If you've enjoyed the podcast tonight, the live stream it will be available to stream or download after tonight. So it's not just tonight. You know you can get it later on down the line. It will be available on a number of platforms: Acast, iTunes, you- YouTube, Castbox, and Stitching. So joining me tonight, uh, we have the JersNet podcast gaffer. We have Stuart Franklin. How are we doing, Stuart?
1: I'm very well, mate. I'm just laughing at you calling it... <laughs> I forgot it, to mute. I know, I know.
0: It, uh, that, After um, the disaster from last night as well.
1: And you're calling it Stitcher. It's Stitcher. No, Stitcher. Well,
0: I've got Stitching down here. Uh, I, I,
1: I'd i seen that earlier, but I deliberately didn't correct you because I wanted to embarrass you.
0: <laughs> well, you succeeded. It's always, good to, <laughs> it's always good to have you on the show. Thanks, mate. (laughs) Did you get many comments last week after your uh, male version of a MILF comment?
1: I I didn't, uh, surprisingly. I think too many people Ah. know what I look like already to know that that, um, I was being a bit economical with the truth.
0: It was was chronic to be fair. (laughs) But there we go. It sort of died in its arse a wee bit. But there we are. Uh, also joining us tonight, we've got David Fraser. How are you, David? Long time no speak. Anytime you want to come in, David.
2: How you doing, guys? Sorry <laughs> about that. It's, it was seamless, honestly.
0: Seamless. No one noticed. Seamless. Absolutely no one noticed. Yeah. A,
2: so how you it's doing not well, guys. So you all how are you doing? Ah, not too bad, thanks, Paul. Not too bad. I've just got uh, busy. I've had uh, basically life in the life in the road, but um, no, I've still been watching the watching the games.
0: Were you there on Sunday?
2: Ready to go. Were you at the game on Sunday? No, I couldn't make it. No, no I was away wee, wee house hunting. About yourself?
0: I wasn't there. No, uh, I watched it. I watched it on uh, watched it on the TV, uh, and it was a fairly a fairly con- comprehensive victory. To be fair, you know, all was sort of. You always worry about these games, but no, it was it was a fairly easy game in the, in the long run. Uh, so we'll have a wee look at that game then now, you know, 5-0, an absolute, oh, it was a scoosh in the end, really, wasn't it? You know, the game was done, effectively done at 2-0 and and done the half-time. Uh, it's a fixture that normally brings goals for Rangers. I was there last season at Hamilton that I could finish 5-3. Uh, Rangers haven't lost an away game to Hamilton since the mid-50s. And of course, there was five different scorers, which was which was good, given you know the sort of recent accusation uh, that you know were overly dependent on Alfredo Morelos. Stevie G. It made three changes to starting eleven. Stuart. the uh, four was in for the suspended Morelos. Halliday was in for Barisic. McGregor returned after suspension. He replaced and goal. I was going to talk about Halliday and the Barisic thing because I. I, I I'm starting to feel that Halliday is actually becoming a better option at left back than Barisic.
1: I don't think you'd be the only one. Um, I think if you compare the two, then Barisic is probably the better player, probably the more natural um, left back. But there's no doubt this season that um, Halliday's a player transformed, and uh, we can really rely on him to to step into the team and 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 do the business. And certainly done that on Sunday. We's, he Was up and down the park, he was physical where he needed to be, and um, he, he helped create chances. Um, he was defensively sound, um, and as always, very keen. I mean, he scored a good goal as well as soon as he came on in, in midweek against Kilmarnock. And it's not something that Barisic has really showed us yet as goal scoring. He tends to stay a lot wider, it doesn't come inside very often, and certainly doesn't get into the centre of the park. I mean, Halliday did that as well away at Crowding Beath, you remember. So, um, I think. Uh, Halliday's definitely um saying to the manager, it'll be hard to drop me.
0: David, I don't know how you feel about this. The the, the game that sort of I've, I've started to think about retrospectively was actually the Celtic game. But but I felt Halliday set the tone, you know, with, with that tackle in the first couple of minutes, was it on Eduard? I can't even remember who it was on, but you know, and and his performance that day was outstanding. Now, Barisic's form, I think, has dipped a little bit, especially his delivery into the box. That was something I thought was always really good from him. That that seems to be slipping recently. And he looks, I don't know, he just looks like he's hiding at times. And I've actually asked the question myself, if Barisic had played that day against Celtic, would the result have been the same?
2: It's uh, difficult to, to call that one. Um, I can hear what both of you guys are saying with regards to, to Halliday and Barisic. I, I'll be honest... Borna Baris certainly, since he was injured, he's been pretty underwhelming. Truth be told, um, I hear what you're saying with regards to his crossing. Colin, uh, he, he tends to cross from deep, and a lot of the times he's he's either overhitting the crosses or they're hitting the first defender. And uh, to be honest, I, I'm looking at him, it, even though he's he's not frightened to tackle, it, it seems it doesn't seem as if he fancies the physical fight. Not, not, to the same extent that a player kind of reared in, in Scottish football would be. That, that doesn't seem to be a natural aggression. Um, Andy Halliday. Uh, I mean, he tries. He's he's up for it. He's still kind of slowing the ball at times. Although yesterday, he seen when he when he decides to move forward, and he's, he's uh, he thinks clearly and he's single minded. Then he can shift and. He's not, he's not too bad in the ball, but whether you can speculate if if Rangers would have been beaten by Celtic, Baris had Barisic played that, I'm not too sure on that one. Sure.
0: Uh, we're going to, we're going to the, 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 the game itself now. I thought the first 10-15 minutes, Rangers looked really, really hungry. Sixty minutes in, Ryan Jack gets a goal. Again, going back to the Celtic game, I think the Celtic game was the first goal That that Ryan Jack scored for the club, and I think he scored two or three since. You know, and I think Stephen Gerrard said after the game he's been encouraging, you know, the midfield players to shoot from from outside the penalty box. I think the feeling was, you know, we were trying to walk it in at times. Do you think Ryan Jack can offer more on the goal scoring front? Because over the last two or three weeks, that that certainly seems to be the case.
1: I I don't see why not. Obviously, since Kamara's came to the team, Jack tends to play a wee bit further forward. It's the same when McCrory plays and I think he's quite effective. Um, It doesn't seem like he's got to be the player that will make the the defence cut and pass. Um, I don't think he'll uh, probably stride forward and not one in the top corner like what Gerrard used to do for Liverpool either, but um, I think he's shown that he can hit the ball well enough in and around that area. Um, His passing is usually good. His positioning is good. I think that's one of the the, the, the most positive parts of Jack's game is he, he reads the game really well and it's not often he's in the wrong position. He's always there to receive the ball and he seems to know where it's going and where he should be. And uh, if anything, he, he, he just does that sort of water and just a wee bit further forward. And, I, I mean, um, I, I don't think he's done much wrong lately, Jack. I think he's a, a, a really good player. I think, it's I say, he, it's it's been quite surprising that he's actually started to chip in the goals because I've never really seen him as that type of player, but um, I think the, the manager does. Um, or certainly has faith in him to be that type of player. And, and so far, at least, he's, he's shown that he could be. So I, I, I'm pretty confident he can add to it. If it certainly the, the, the goal he scored on Saturday was a great finish. I mean, I think a few of the commentators were, were were saying that the goalkeeper was a bit culpable probably a fair comment, but to be fair, also the, the, the ball came through two or three defenders and it bounced right in front of the keeper. So as a former goalie myself I'll I'll defend the guy Woods and say that it was a, a better strike rather than a goalkeeping error. So the more he can that Jack can do that, certainly the, the better for
0: us. In the same with our field as well, surely sure you know he he got a goal as well on Sunday. You know, going back to this accusation that you know we're overly line at times on Morelos, which was kind of showing a wee bit on on the Wednesday night of the killer game, which we'll come on to. Uh, you know, surely if the boys from the middle of the park are, ch- are chipping in, it's better all round.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, I definitely. Th- I think th- they have to be, and you know, I think um, I think I mentioned in the pod before that, we've, that we didn't score enough goals from outside the box. So it's been it's been good to to see us actually starting to shoot a bit quicker and a bit earlier. you are not going to score every time, but as the old cliche goes, if you didn't buy a, a ticket, you will not win the the raffle. So I mean, sometimes they'll go miles over the bar, they'll go miles wide, they'll have to a defender, but other times they'll go in. I mean, in, in our fields. Uh, Go again, great strike. Bit of a tape hunt for the edge of the box, and uh, the goalkeeper didn't I have a chance. Like... Ah, are so oh, no. Surely it was, was Lacey's. What a I, one. This, no, for, I'd, I'd have to get a super slow-mo maybe, See, these uh, goalkeepers, Honestly,
0: God, you've not got a
1: clue about the striking you, Maybe the uh, Maybe we could ask uh, Jonathan Sutherland and the guys at sports team Oh, to, aye, to aye, aye, I'll try by sports <laughs> team actually show us a, a, a close-up of uh, Rangers goal and discuss the uh, yeah. the, court of the strike rather than discussing banners and songs and. Uh, I, I suppose
0: Jonathan Sutherland could ask Stephen Gerrard, Wait, no, no, I can't, can't he's not allowed to, oh, well, there we go uh, David Defoe in between Ryan Jack and Arfield scoring the Defoe got the second like twenty five seconds after the, the, the restart for Ryan Jack's goal, straight up the path, two nothing down. Now there's been a wee bit of sort of criticism towards, you know, the, 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 the transfer business in January. At the time we all thought it was great. Obviously Stephen Davis hasn't hasn't quite hit the ground running. And the come in for a wee bit of criticism as well. But the the way I view it is, you know, Sadiq was here from the summer till January. And was a lump of wood and and didn't play let alone score we've already got four goals out of the four so even though he's not firing all or surely he's a step up from from sadiq and on that alone is a is a, is a good uh, move for
2: Rangers. aye definitely definitely the, the, the only the only query i've got regarding it is, is how much we're paying uh, his wages how much his wages were, we're actually paying but uh, the main thing for me, uh, I'm going to go back in time here to, to a couple of Saturdays back with the St Johnson game. I mean, I don't know what was happening there. They were shelling high balls up to a guy of 5'8", and they never really played to, to Jermaine's strengths. And that leads me on to what, up until yesterday, his, and to a lesser extent, in, the, in Wednesday, in the cup that you played, but you're back to the same old chestnut about creating chances. I mean, you're... Defoe, even though he's 36 and he's maybe lost a, a yard, his electric pace when he was probably firing on all cylinders when he was at, uh, at Spurs. He, he, he plays in the shoulder. He needs somebody to thread a ball through him, uh, and then you I mean you'll get goals. Actually, I mean, Defoe, but I mean, he's, he's, that's his fourth goal now, and he's 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 doing the job that we brought him to do. Um, obviously, I mean, he's he's not played a lot of football, so. Same with Stephen Davis, you're you're asking guys to that are, are round rusty to come in and hit the ground running, and it's it's playing for Rangers. You guys know yourselves. It brings that, that different level of pressure. You expect every every move you make in the park is scrutinized. If you don't, you know, pull something off to to hundred percent of your ability, you're always question marks over what you might have done, what you what you could have done, what you should have done, that kind of stuff. But um, I'll come about. bit I think we may well see, assuming he stays fit, I think we may well see the best of Jermaine after the split, assuming we're still on the hunt, which, you know, obviously being eight points behind might not necessarily be the case if we slip up again and Celtic don't slip up. So, But aye, I, 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 he's doing what, we, what we're paying him to be doing, that's score goals.
0: Is there an argument to say he works better in, you know, a partnership rather than as the lone striker? Because I've heard a lot of people saying I, that that he can't work in that role.
2: I, well, it, it, it's, all, it's horses for courses in many respects, Colin, but I still maintain we we're we not the greatest at creating chances. Yesterday was a and am back to, to, to last Wednesday night, they were you know exceptions to the rule. You I mean, that's two two games in the bounce of we've scored heavily. Um obviously the command up game, a lot of that was doing to Alfie himself, being sharp. Yesterday was a wee bit different uh, insofar as they were shooting outside the box, Stuart's already mentioned, and and there was a wee bit of chance creation. But I think you've got to factor in how poor Hamilton were yesterday. Yeah, they were poor. They're a poor side, I think. Ah, I mean, mean, Brian Rice has come out and and waxed lyrical about how good Rangers were. And to be fair, credit where credit's due, Rangers had stepped it up. They'd taken Wednesday night's performance into the the game on Sunday, and they had definitely up to tempo. But against Lesser quality. I think the the manager said that we, we looked a, a step above Hamilton yesterday, and that was borne out by the result. We were just sharper over the pitch, um, and aye, the, the, I think you've you know, yes. Let's give credit where credit due. That the boys did well yesterday, but I think you've got to factor in the fact how poor Hamilton were.
0: Sure. Uh... After the after Rangers went 3-0 up, there was a penalty claim for Hamilton eh, with Andy you No, know, in, the, in the usual sort of contrived way, they, they tried to sort of manufacture a wee bit of controversy around it. Did you think it was a penalty? No,
1: yeah, same with the one, the Whirl one in the second half. I, I think both are, their feet was high, that's fair enough. But I think they both got the ball eh, fairly and squarely well before the, they anywhere near the man. And, I don't think there was much in there. In fact, the, the water won the second half. Uh, I thought the, the, the guy was offside. It, it, they played the ball through initially. It was tight. Um, but as usual, uh, BT didn't want to show a replay of that or mention that. It was all about trying to manufacture um, uh, uh, Rangers' opposition being hard done by. Um, no, know. it, it wasn't penalty. Neither were penalties in my opinion.
0: I know. I did notice with the second one uh, that Craig and tried to make a comparison between that and Power's tackle on, on Ryan Jack and suggested that Warrell should have been sent off because that's what we were looking for but I don't recall Craigan saying that Ryan Jack should have been sent off during that game you know, so, eh, no, sorry Ryan Jack eh, Power should have been sent off so it's exactly. it, it's, it's that sort of double standards and they're, they're not even trying to hide it, you know what okay. I mean they're just, they're, 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 there's, there's two examples where Craigan has taken different opinions on both of them
1: and there are two different incidents. Ryan Jack with, with the fella Power. Um, Jack won won the ball, and Power followed through and caught him in the head. Yeah. And whereas Warrell and Hardy both got the ball well before any contact with the with the other player. And whether with their of boots were high, but I thought they got the ball fairly squarely, and I, I don't think there was anything in in them. I don't think it would been the end of the world if I gave a penalty, but especially for the World One, I don't complain too much. But as I say, it's all this f- fake offence and fake controversy. It's, it's bloody annoying, to be honest.
0: Yeah, that, that's how thing that gets me. It just, it seems now that, I mean, obviously when you're at the game, when I'm at Ibrox and I see Ibrox, you're not watching, you know, in terms of hearing commentators and stuff like that. So. You don't get that same thing, but it's, it feels like any time I watch Rangers on the telly you, know, you can't get through 90 minutes without some form of manufactured controversy at the end of it, and it's becoming it's becoming pretty tedious, you know. But I, I suppose that's the world we live in, but it, it feels a bit one-sided to me. Uh, David, coming back to yourself, penalty for Rangers uh, just before half-time. Ziggy Gordon wiped out Ryan Kent. I have to say, I think Ziggy Gordon's that's the best name in Scottish football. As a David Bowie fan, I, I love anybody that's called Ziggy. Uh, but in terms of the, the challenge itself, Stonewaller?
2: I would say it's a penalty, aye. aye um put it this way, I, if you don't mind, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to the, the two incidents that Stuart's just been uh, illustrating there. Um, I take his point about whether uh, you know, both players won the ball first, but. Can I ask both of you guys i mean if the shoe was another foot would you be shouting for a penalty in both instances for the hamilton claims
0: I'd, I'd, uh the, the first one with andy halliday i thought no the second one i think could have been
1: no i wouldn't have been i don't i don't think i think it's a man's game it was world won the ball he was, was there quicker a bit physical his foot was definitely high i'm not going to disagree but I'd be embarrassed if we got a penalty for that.
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. It's, it's a game of opinions. I'm only thinking that you know that we might be in danger of getting slightly paranoid because uh, we've we've been it's almost we're, we're burdening on being indoctrinated into this agenda that's that's basically been led by BBC Scotland against Rangers and, and other media outlets are, are, are picking up on it and and thinking it's high. Hey, well, it's open season. You know, we're we're, we're pretty safe we're on pretty safe ground, but. Oh, Aye, Ziggy exactly Gordon, back to the original question, Colin. Um I think it was a penalty, but in days going by him, 20 years ago would that have been given as a penalty?
0: No, I think he's wiped him it. You know, Kent nipped the ball in, and Gordon's come in about three seconds later and wiped him out. So, no, I mean, it was one of the ones, actually, I think because people follow the ball, you know what I mean? And because he came in so late, no one claimed for it. Uh, but no, I, th- I thought it was a stonewaller. come back to the, the Andy Halliday one, I think, I think that one, a key point of that claim is the boy that was fouled, I can't remember who it was, never claimed. You know, he just got mm-hmm. on with it. So I think in that respect, you have to I always kind of look at the reaction of the player that has allegedly been fouled and he just got on with it. He never, he never claimed for anything. I think the Joe Worrell one could have been. You know, I think when you put your feet that high, you're asking for trouble sometimes. Even if you win the ball or not, it's about endangering the opponent, and if you put your feet that high, I think you're endangering the opponent. So I'm going to disagree with Stuart, even although he thinks it's a man's game. I think that could have been a penalty, in my opinion.
2: <laughs> I think, see what you're saying there about the Andy Halliday one? I think you could you could make a case that the, the Hamilton player was actually endangering himself by stooping down. Oh, the,
0: um, or the, the well, Halliday one? Yeah, 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 I, yeah. i would agree but, with that. But the Joe water one,
2: the guys... Nah. No, nah, nah. The foot's, Joe Warrell's foot's high. I hear about Stewart's coming from in that he, he won the ball, but I'll be honest with you, watching it, I, I was expecting that Nick Walsh's whistle to go both occasions and, and point to the spot. I was I was surprised, certainly the second one. The, the, the first one, yeah, yeah. the holiday one, I looked at it and I think, I can see why he, he, he may have let that go, but the second one, I, I'll be brutally frank, I was absolutely amazed that he didn't point to the spot for that.
1: Marking down your staunch points,
0: lads. Yeah, well, no, no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm only getting half a point deducted. Uh, David's getting the full, the full point, because if if he thought that first one was a penalty, then he's, you know, he's, he's joining the BBC. I think you know, he'll be sitting with Michael Stewart Friday night in, he, in the
2: local pub. Come on, uh, another penalty. Another penalty.
0: Okay, Rangers' death points uh, increased again. Right, so four nine and at half time, guys. Uh, game and dusted. just in case you've seen it out then, and, and hopefully getting another couple of goals, and sort of eating into the goal difference a wee bit. I know we're, we're eight points behind, but it, it still helps, because you just never know. Uh, <coughs> early in the second half, excuse me, sure, there was a, there was an incident uh, with Andy Halliday, and Darren McKinnon, who, it seems to me, thinks he's Scott Brown, and models himself in Scott Brown, and runs about like he's Scott Brown. Uh, I had a wee sort of squint on his Wikipedia page yesterday, and the list of his previous clubs would suggest that he's a fan of Scott Brown. So, but getting to the point and getting to my question, there was a coming together that I thought McKinnon was quite lucky to escape without getting booked. What were your thoughts on it? I think it's a pound stretcher,
1: Scott Brown. Scott Brown's. He can't be a pound right?
0: stretcher, Scott Brown, because Scott Brown's a pound well,
1: stretcher. I was, I was good to say, that, I was, I was to say <laughs> Scott Brown isn't, exactly isn't... that expensive himself, So um... he's a charity shop, Scott Brown. Ah, that's not too bad. We can <laughs> agree on that. No, I think again. I've already said it was a man's game. It's. I think. I think there's been a bit of verbals between the two of them. I think, uh, uh, McKinnon, uh, as is his uh, want has, has taken the huff at what something Hardy's said and he's Went across and barged them. I, mean, I thought the referee dealt with it fairly well. He's, to, to them, like, stopped the game, took the two of them across and, and said, That's plenty. And after that, the two of them seemed to have a, a bit of on carry on. Once or twice. they were, they were laughing. And, and I think I remember McKinnon actually helping Nalladay up at one point. So uh, I've been critical of Nick Walsh a few times in the past. And I thought he refereed the game quite well. I think the, the, the penalty you mentioned earlier, I thought he did excellent. I actually seen, seen it at the corner of my eye, the guy, Siggy uh, Gordon, taken out. Kent and uh, the referee did well to pull it back and and say there was no advantage for Rangers and gave the penalty. And I thought that was good refereeing. Um, you want, again. You won't probably hear that sports scene. Um, so I, a bit of credit to the referee there. I think he had a good, decent game yesterday. I think thought he dealt all right with that incident. Um, I don't think Halliday was blameless. All right, he never did anything physical, but um, that was all down to McKinnon. But it was it was handbags. So no need for any further action in my opinion.
0: Oh, uh, Rangers' That points deducted there, Stuart. Not good enough, I'm afraid. Uh, right, David, uh, going on to the second half, uh, as we said earlier on, you know, Davis and, and Lafferty as well, they've, they've sort of struggled recently. Uh, they came on around the hour mark. Lafferty had three re- really good chances and probably should have scored. Uh, finally got his goal, you know, towards the end, sort of a couple of minutes to go. How important is it for him? Because I get the feeling that Gerrard is getting a wee bit frustrated at him, and he needs to be he needs to be chipping in more. I think that's his first goal since September, but surely it's
2: not good enough for a Ranger striker. Um, oh, it's a, a strange one. Well, bear in mind that he had a perfectly good goal at Dens Park, chopped off for incorrectly calling it offside. And if memory yeah. serves me right, was that was that Nick Walsh the referee that day? Can't quite remember, but um, I big yeah. Kyle. He's 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 enigmatic, isn't he? He's been to cut the guy about a bit of slack. He's coming on for ten minutes, quarter of an hour, probably every three games. He's obviously he's had a couple of you know minor injuries since the turn of the year. Aye, aye I'm just I watch him coming out the park. He's, he's still got that ability about him that he had first time around, and it, it can be frustrating. But um I think I mean I heard a rumour that, that Rangers really paid two hundred thousand pounds for him. So I think you get what you pay for. He obviously struggled when he was at Carroll Road. They didn't see him featured in, in their plans. I think he went out and went to Birmingham City and uh, then obviously he's come up the road to Hearts. I uh, it's I don't know. I mean it's it's Stephen Gerard's really frustrated when we sell like, doesn't he? He doesn't criticise him publicly. Maybe that's good management. i uh, did. A couple of weeks
0: ago, he had a wee, that a, a wee sort of, he needs to be doing more. Kind of similar to, not as strong, but his words were kind of similar to what he said about Big Sadiq. You know, he needs to be Sadiq. He needs to be doing more.
2: Ah, he's like, fair, fair comment. I mean, he, the only slight I'd caught him is, you, you can't expect him to be, to be banging goals in if he's only getting five and ten minutes every three games. And until fairly recently that was all he was getting. Um then you I mean you could ask the question, was he ever good enough to to play for Rangers second time round? Debatable. Um certainly experienced, knows the story about what's required, but whether he, you know he's still got the you know whether he's he's uh, his brain signals can reach his his feet time is another matter but um, it, can, it can
0: reach his phone in time when there's a bit of skirt kicking about Silverburn, so
2: aye well that's that's very true Colin not, not that I'm I'm up to, to speed on Twitter and Instagram and all that but aye uh, I mean could you make a case that could he be moved on in the summer but who would he get from it, 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 it depends how much much the pain him I mean is he going to be getting I don't know is he over 10k a week at 10k a week? Would you think about swapping out? Aye, possibly, especially if there's someone else that that maybe might be you know hungrier. Uh, and might be you know looking to make their way in the game. He's obviously what, the wrong side of thirty, or just just on thirty. So I don't know. He's he certainly no uh, set the or light, and I can see why a lot of fans are maybe questioning why he was brought back in the first place.
0: Well, I, I think the frustrating thing about him is I thought the form he showed at Hearts was well above what he's showing for us now. I know it's a different pressure playing for Rangers, but I did expect a wee bit more from him, I must admit. But, you know, I suppose we'll see how it goes. But I, I, I was quite chuffed that he got his goal yesterday because eh, I definitely think eh, he needs it. Stuart, oh, definitely. Eh, the, the boy Kamara that's come in for Dundee, he seems to have sort of sneaked under the radar. You know, initially when we were signing him, you know, it was going to be for the summer, then a deal was struck and he arrived in January. But, and no one really made much fuss about him, you know, because all the focus was on Davis and the uh, Defoe. But he seems to be the one that, that's come in and sort of already sort of made a name for himself. How are you, how are you feeling about him?
1: I think I used the words meeting and tidy last week and I think the, the, the same stance uh, this week. I, I think he's... He's looking good, though. Um, I think he's, I mean, that's three games he's played now, and um, I think he's getting better with each one. He's, he's, he's moves the ball quicker. He's uh, capable of taking it by either foot. He, he can, um, like Jack, his, his position's good, albeit a bit deeper. Um, and I, 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 obviously the, the manager likes him, and, the, and the, uh, the scouting team like him a lot because of, they've pushed the water out to get him, um, uh, doors, and they've been looking at him for a while. I mean, there's been rumours about him for a for a good few months before we did sign him. So um he's obviously very well liked and it means he's got good pedigree. I mean he, he, did, he was at Arsenal for a, a good part of his career. So you didn't play down there if you're not a decent player and he certainly looks the part. Um again, has he got to be the one who's the good player that, that that wins us titles and cups and takes us and into the Champions League. I don't know. Um, but I think the potential's there. There's no reason why he can't get any better. Um, him and Jack definitely seem to, to have a good understanding. And uh, it's all good with, with him so far. And I think he'll, I'm sure he'll be in, in the team again uh, on Wednesday night um, against his old uh, club. So we'll see how he gets on again then.
0: Right, I'll put this one to the, to the both. He's conscious Consciously time now, and want to go on to the, the sort of main topic of Steve Clark thing. Uh obviously well, Celtic 1-4-1 yesterday. We've got the game on Wednesday against Dundee. Celtic are travelling to Tynecastle. Might be a wee opportunity if, if 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 we do the business that Celtic might drop points. Is that where we are now? It's just a you know, like a snooker player hoping for snookers, essentially just hoping that Celtic dropping off points and, and, and we keep doing the business.
1: Aye, I think so. Um, there's so much else we can do. I mean, obviously, we've still got to play them twice ourselves. So if we play like we did at, at New Year, then um, there's no reason why we can't take another six points off them. But obviously, that still gives a balance of two. So we're certainly needing other teams to do us a favour. And to be fair to Hearts, so they've, they've done that uh, a few times over the last few years. They've managed to take points off them, especially at Tinkastle. So as much as Hearts exactly um doing fantastic the last uh, week or two, they're still... A very t- uh, tricky team to to take on at Tynecastle, and if if the heart of the heart support are up for it like they usually are, then um it won't be an easy game for Celtic. Uh, t- to be fair though, uh, to them, I mean they're playing well, they're banging the goals just now as well, so they'll be pretty confident. Uh, a lot of the chats just now is about the whether Rodgers are still going to be there um uh, for the the rest of the season. So yeah, yeah. it's certainly going to be interesting. There's um a bit of pressure on them to to to, to keep winning um. We've got to be, first and foremost, I think we've got to, to worry about what we do and as long as we win on Wednesday, um that's that's the most important thing.
0: David, if we maintain the sort of standard of performance over the last two games, that's ten goals, eh, two games, none
2: conceded. Surely we'll win on Wednesday. I would hope so, Colin. I think see, yesterday. Yesterday was the first sign I've seen where Rangers are going to places like New Douglas Park and having a look like slapping up, which was quite refreshing. yesterday. it was a change for the normal. Over the last couple of seasons, since we've come back into the Premier League, we've been we've been viewing fixtures like going to New Douglas Park, where you know could it be tight on that pitch, letting the letting the the, the psychology of the the pitch get into our heads and maybe you know uh, upsetting group and collective confidence. I think yesterday you seen obviously it was helped with the, the two quick fire goals, but no no disrespect to Hamilton. Rangers shouldn't be going to New Douglas Park and fear of playing against Hamilton Academical, And if we can take that into games with the likes of Dundee, certainly at home, St Mirren bottom of the table sides, um who with I've not got the standard of player to maybe um make you know, a kind of low block in terms of tactics from the opposing manager work as well as it might whether it, the likes of maybe St. Johnson, to a lesser extent, a Motherwell. Uh, and aye, we, we should be looking at teams that are for maybe mid-table down, and especially at home, looking to just put them away. A couple of goals, early doors. We should be, certainly at home, against these, these sides, we should be 2 on up at half-time. We should be back to the way it was the, the mid '90s, and uh, these teams should 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 bring no fear for Rangers teams whatsoever in my opinion. And yesterday was the first instance where you thought, right, this Rangers side look as if they mean bus- business. They're going about their their uh, their business in a ruthless fashion, and they're putting teams away. And that, we want to be taking that and to the game against the day.
0: Obviously, the the game on Sunday there it followed on from uh, the Kelly game. Now I was I was actually quite quite nervous about the the Commandant game, but it turned out to be fairly fairly routine. Five nil one, four goals for Morelos. He returned uh, after his suspension. A quick yes or no from the twoies on the the, the sending off for Daniel Backman, the Kelly goalkeeper. Stuart, was that a sending off?
1: Yep, undoubtedly. At the time, I didn't think so when I first seen it, but once you see the replay, that, that um, I think it was sports scene showed. Ironically, um, I think it was, it was pretty clear the um Kamara uh, far too much force and clear red card. David,
2: I never seen it in real time. Call. I was sitting the. In a different part of the ground from where I normally sat and the, the chat sat next to me where he was talking to me so i never actually seen it. I saw the replays on the on the I think it was the, the BBC website or the yeah. may have been the SPFL YouTube channel and uh, I, they, they looked like they a, cre- a clear movement towards Kamara's face. He obviously gets down and makes Amelia like um, I think in, in today's climate it's probably a, a straight red card aye
0: so why was it rescinded?
2: this is it well you, you look at it and you think it was part of me was, was thinking that, is that a, I mean are we going to be sending enough people for that on a, a weekly basis our game is getting re-refereed but I think the, the game in this country is oh I mean it is, you, you despair it at times this, this whole compliance nonsense tap for tap fighting on press conferences and whatnot it's just its crazy i mean what about do you do you think it was a sending off
0: at the time i i heard a wee bit of commotion uh eh, from just behind the goal and at the Brimley road end that obviously supporters there had seen something and then you seen this drumash but what's going on there so like you i never seen it at the time And i got home the first image i've seen of it uh, the first sort of clip on sports scene was, I thought, oh, that, that looks pretty bad. That, that that shouldn't be a red card. But then the second angle, as Stuart says, you see a clear, he, he lifts his elbow up, and a clear sort of elbow in the face. And I, I don't think Kamara goes down and makes the most of it. I think he I think he takes one in the face. So I, I think once you see that angle, it's a clear red. And, and why it was rescinded, I've, I've got no idea. But yeah, hey, as you say, we're living in this sort of crazy, re-refereeing sort of society at the moment.
2: Wait, Var uh, kicks in.
0: What's that sorry? Wait, Var kicks in. <laughs> well, I, I'll be even worse. So don't get me started on Var. If Pete was on the night, we'd be arguing for about three hours on Var. See, I, uh, well,
1: Colin, sorry to cut across you, but I mean, I, I talked, I, I was doing uh, McGregor a bit of criticism last week about his red card and saying it's a bit of games and knew exactly what he was doing and I think he did so I think the, the red card for McGregor possibly a bit harsh but I don't think there's a lot of arguing about it and Backman's exactly the same he knew exactly what he was doing he was he tried to leave a bit on Kamara there was a lot of force there and I've no idea how it was rescinded it's utterly, utterly bamboozling how this system's working now one player gets cited another player, Disney one player gets cited for exactly the same thing. Another one gets it rescinded. It's utter, utter nonsensical.
0: Well, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't disagree with you on the McGregor thing. I think, you know, the referee could have taken action on the night. However, he didn't. And he's seen it. The images you've seen, there's, there's a good image kicking about in social media. Uh, who was the referee that night? Madden. Was it Bobby, Bobby Madden? Madden? Right. Bobby Madden. He was looking right at that incident. And he seen it. So... So the, the, the SFA issued a, a, a sort of statement last week trying to, you know, talk about this uh, compliance thing to, to, to sort of quell the fire around it. And within that statement it says, the rules are if the referee sees an incident and he's happy no action should be taken, the compliance officer does not get involved. So why did the compliance officer oh. get involved in McGregor? Because that's, it's, not, it's not the decision. I think the punishment if the referee had seen it, would have been the correct punishment? But the referee has...
2: It's retrospective. It. It's, it's retrospective. It refereeing the it's game. You're it's right, it's... right, you're right, David. It's the game. You're right, you're right, David. All right. It's, I think it's retrospectively um, deeming it to be violent conduct. That's the whole thing. I mean, see, see it's interesting to going back to, to Pataudry because she had a... The, obviously, the, the, the kind of refereeing for Orr was, was quite... Um, Live in people's mindset. Then I don't. I think there was a conscious decision not to undermine the referee. Whereas obviously a couple of weeks had elapsed with the Bachman incident, and I think that obviously Stevie Clark's campaign about um, his players being unfairly treated had, uh, had actually gone through. It. I, I, I think that what Stuart's saying about a clear gesture towards Kamara's face, and as you've echoed, um, there's definite force there, and I think that. It gave them an out, the fact that a few weeks had elapsed and they they could then go back, look at it and say, well, does that constitute excessive violent force? And they they obviously came to the bizarre decision that it wasn't. And there's just that, it's just, you know, saying that the the lack of consistency is absolutely flabbergasting. And you you look at it, people, you know, know that a lot of them would would necessarily look into the kind of politics, a, a Scottish football, but if anybody, it was. No, an external observer—they must be
0: looking at their game and thinking, "God, what a joke that, that country has and <laughs> how they run their football." Yeah, un- yeah. undoubtedly. Has, has someone, S- got the someone got the YouTube thing running in the background? Because I'm getting a bit of feedback here. No. Hello. Okay. Right. <laughs> I was just—I was—I was getting a bit of feedback coming back. Uh, no, getting getting past Coman, it sets up. A quarterfinal tie against Aberdeen on Sunday. If we get past that, possible semi finals include Celtic Hibs, Dungeon United, Inverness, Cali Thistle, Partick Thistle, or Hearts. Going to be a tricky game on Sunday, guys, but if we get past that, is it looking good? Yep.
1: Let's see why not. We can beat any of these teams. We've shown we can beat Aberdeen away from home. Um, we should have beat them in the first game of the season. We are quite unlucky just to come away with a draw, but um, obviously we, we beat them the other week there and uh, fairly comfortably at that. Um, after Morales got sent off, I don't think we played too well. I've, when we both went to 10 men, I thought we were a bit overly defensive, but p- possibly understandably so. Um, it wasn't to obviously injury time that, that Defoe made it a bit more comfortable for us all, but... Yeah, there's no reason why you can't go up to Aberdeen and beat them again. Um, it won't be an easy game. of uh, That there's there's no doubt. Um, if if we can get past them, then it's uh, yeah, clearly you want to try and keep Celtic for the final. But um, we're going to have to play them at some point. Um, so it doesn't really concern me uh, when or where because if if this Rangers turn team turn up and play as well as we do or or, or as capable as. Of we are then um, then there's no reason why we can't go win this trophy and I'd like to think this is the the message that the manager is trying to get through to these players that they are capable, they are good enough and they need to start showing it and they need to keep showing it consistently
0: David uh, now competition rules in Scottish Cup state that the home club should provide 20% of the, the ticket allocation now Aberdeen have come out with a bit of a Shitty excuse and said they can only provide ten percent, so we're only getting two thousand tickets. This just seems like more nonsense from them, no
2: Definitely, definitely, it's 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 tedious, it's tiresome. um We only get two thousand briefs for Petodre. I mean, the place will be like a morgue. You know, it's quite enough with with four thousand fans singing for ninety minutes especially when you hear the, how uh, TV, camera, microphones are, are pointed away for your yeah. fans. So it's, it's strangely like uh, the singing at Petodre when we visit there uh, these days, but that's another story for another day. But uh, just you could like, put the kettle on for it. Um, Aberdeen, uh, they, they pander to an element of the support. Um it's the Scottish Cup. They're trying to, they, they, you know, they're using lame excuses to try and build on an advantage. I'm just waiting, you know, to see what underhand tactics Derek comes up with for this one. Uh, oh, I'm, expect, oh. I'm expecting a kicking match. Uh, I, I, I don't think there's any level at any players, especially some of the Celtic-minded ones that are on his side. That will, I don't think there's any level that will stoop to in order to try and get some of your players sent off. I'm uh, not sure who the referee will be, but I think it'll be a very, very difficult game. It's having said that, though, um, I think if we turn up with the right mindset and we look to go and impose ourselves, I think we should come away for a in and the heart for the semi-final draw.
0: Do we think the, the photographs will still be on the dressing room wall of Aberdeen's victories over Rangers in the past, like they done the last time?
2: Possibly, possibly. <laughs> I think this is this is our dressing room.
0: I well, I don't think it was in the dressing room, but when they arrived, they had taken down, you know, photos for like the victory in Gothenburg and winning trophies and all that kind of thing, and put replaced them with photos from the semi final victory uh, in October in the League Cup against us, uh, and then obviously when Rangers went on and won that night, our response was to to turn the music up and have a wee sing song in the dressing room. And Derek McKenna spits the dummy out again and comes in and says, turn that down. Uh,
2: aye, well, you just, aye, it's just, it, that kind of juvenile behaviour sums them up. It, it sums an, a large element of their support up, and Derek, being a, a blue nose for this, neck of the woods, um, or certainly my neck of the woods. He's, he's keeping very uh,
0: bad company these days.
2: Well, he's, he's panned on to, to, to an ex, a section of their support. He's, he's keen to, He's keen to um paint himself out as, as uh, an Aberdeen man these days. Um whether he's actually been truthful we sell I know that's a different matter. But I that kinda uh, that kinda uh, you know, lowest common denominators uh, behaviour. I we'll just see we'll, we'll see what happens after at uh, twenty five and Sunday. we will see how uh, how chipper they all
0: are. Yeah. Uh, right guys, let's go on to the Stevie Clark thing. Uh, obviously he, he had a he had a bit of a meltdown. I think it's the best way of describing it uh, after the game on Wednesday night. Now I'll, I'll go on record here, and I think I went out on social media and said this at the time. You know, can't condone, and I won't condone. You know, the 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 songs that or the song that was aimed at Stevie Clark, uh, that was of a sectarian nature. However, I think the thing that troubles us all. Uh, sure is the, the selective nature of when he gets offended and when he doesn't get offended. The most obvious example being Chris Boyd, who suffered similar abuse last Sunday against Celtic and was also struck with a coin. On that, he remained silent on Wednesday. You know, it uh, was practically bubbling at one point, I think, in that press conference.
1: I've got a lot of time for Steve Clark. I think he's a, a good manager. I think the job he's done with with Kilmarnock over the last two years has been fantastic. Um, I think he's he's, he's got a, a fairly ordinary bunch of players, uh, squad of players, and inherited them actually quite a lot of them for, for Lee McCulloch who, who struggled to do anything there as a manager, and and he's really turned that around for them. And and to to be in the top three, top four over the last couple of years is is good going. Um, you only need to look at the size of their crowds to show that they've, they've no money, they've, they've not got a big support. So I think in terms of his management qualities, um, I, I rate him highly and it wouldn't surprise me to any of us. I think probably if, if he's an ex-Celtic manager, if Rogers does go down to Leicester City. Um, with that in mind, has that had a repair on the way he's been acting recently? Possibly. Um, I think more likely is the fact that it's actually the, the, the going's getting a bit tough. Um, his team's lost form. I think what we had nine points in front of them now, eight points in front of them now in the league. They've um, they've no one in a while. They're conceding goals, and um, they're out of the cup. And I think that it was a, a look. There's a squirrel uh, to 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 take attention away from himself. Neil Lennon's done it before. Most managers will will, will create some sort of diversion to take the heat off of them off themselves. And I think that was, that was an easy. Easy diversion. You're right, Colin. The, the, the song's silly. It's is it sectarian? Mm, grudgingly, I suppose so. But it's 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 petty. It's it's school ground stuff. If somebody says that to you, you just ignore people that say that crap to you. you get, I, I'm sure we all get it at work, get at the pub, um, do what at the huff and want well, to we release statements and all the rest of it. When it happens, no, we just going drink a pint in another part of the pub. It's it's getting beyond a joke and um, for him to, to come out with it after what happened to Boyd was especially worse and then the coverage obviously since has been seized upon by the usual suspects with glee and, and they just won't acknowledge, refuse to, to even concede that they, they, they said nothing just three days previous to, to what happened at Ibrox with, with Boyd at at Rugby Park and it's really, really frustrating. It's... um. For for the club, I, I cannot, I've got a bit of sympathy for them because clearly um, our fans don't help themselves to take time. But it's like I mean, if, if you're at school and you're younger and, and and somebody in your class got got done for talking and somebody else didn't, it, it, it used to get quite quite annoying because it was always the. There was lads in my class that always got playing for stuff and it wasn't name. and then there was guys that maybe were a bit better academically or, or good at the sports and, and, and they'd get away with it. So it does happen, this, and this is what's happening just now. It's easy, Rangers or a punch bag. Uh, any negative story or can be manufactured or can be exaggerated, and that's exactly what's happening. I mean, to their credit, Dave King came out, gave a statement. Um, it was quite clear in, in, in condemning uh, the fans, and that's fine. Um, Celtic said absolutely nothing about their fans. They weren't asked anything. The manager wasn't asked anything, and this is where it's it's getting beyond the joke. I mean, they're, they're talking about strict liability, and I, again, I can understand that. They want to try and find a solution, but the, the issues we've got right now with the compliance officer will only be magnified tenfold if they bring strict liability in, because once again, the focus will be on Rangers. It won't be on Celtic with their IRA songs. It won't be another teams going about huns or the rest of it it'll be rangers ranger rangers and this is why i don't fancy
0: strict liability david uh sure can I come on to my next point you know the sort of media reaction you know when when boyd was you know hit with the coin and uh at the same time he was suffering the sectarian abuse andy walker was kind of laughing about it saying, "Oh, know boydy loves it and all that kind of thing uh graham spears suspiciously quiet on it, never tweeted, never commented on it publicly. All the rest of them remained, you know, silent on the issue. It was a non-issue. All of these people became very vocal when Steve Clapp spoke up on Wednesday, you know. And that's my, you know, that's my greatest concern. It kind of echoes what what Stuart just said there and now, you know, this this call for strict liability and all that kind of thing. Now, if the compliance officer is an example of how things will go, you know Celtic have had, as we spoke last week in the pod, Celtic haven't had any players cited retrospectively Rangers have have had nine players uh, cited retrospectively, if that's a lay of the land, you know, and if the media, you know, Stuart Robertson spoke last week, he issued a statement talking about trial by sports and all the rest of it if the media are driving a sort of narrative that says that this is a bigger problem for Rangers than it is for Celtic to the extent that whenever Celtic do it, it's a non-issue, then if it comes to fines and points deduction, it's not a level playing field. And that's my biggest concern about it. But the media, the narrative around this suggests that this is exclusively a Rangers problem. I'm not here to deny that that Rangers have a problem. They obviously do. But they're not the only club that has, has a problem in this issue. So that's my concern about it. You know, the narrative that's getting driven is one that's... This is exclusively Rangers. And if strict liability comes in, I feel that's how the, the lay of the land will be. You know, whenever we do something, we'll get whacked.
2: I would to, to agree with that. Um, yeah, again, you see the sectarian industry has reared its, its ugly head in the last week. Um, the hypocrisy of Clark uh, neatly sidestepping the, the you know, the question, when it was put to him, he said the only way to, to discuss football matters. We I mean, were a slate in his club captain. That that been for Chris Boyd, he must sit there. That that those joint press conferences, and wonder wonder about him. Um, you say that you, you mentioned there that the media reaction, Andy Walker, Graham Spears. I mean, it's it's the usual a where you know Brown, their fans are concerned. You know they're strangely silent, and then if. if if somebody pipes up and says, oh, "Well, what about Celtic?" You know, it's the "what about" is usually dismissed. I mean, there's there's various culprits. Stuart Cosgrove been one. Tom English been another, and as you say, the, the, you mentioned they're the usual suspects: Andy Walker, and Graham Spears. You will. You, you, it's a, a complex issue. If it's mean, Stuart Robertson, here, as you mentioned, coming out last week talking about child by sports scene. I have uh, to James, say, sorry
0: to cut across. Sorry to cut across. David, I thought Robertson's statement last week
2: was really, really good. I've been a bit critical of him in the past, but I thought he, he nailed on the head last week. I well, I've, I've not actually um, I've not looked at it in any great detail. Uh, I've only just um, basically seen the the kind of the aftermath of it. Obviously, I was aware that you know that he, he, he put a statement out and he'd, uh the BBC were firmly in his crosshairs, but interestingly enough. Um, Jim trainer, he spoke to club 1872 on their YouTube channel and and he drew the ranger support's attention to the fact that um, a 25 minute interview was cut for a nine second segment on a report on Scotland or various BBC Scotland platforms where they may have been uh, used for radio as well. Um, and he is has asked the fans to demand parity of esteem from the BBC. Now obviously with BBC having the the sole highlights uh, rights other than than Sky uh, and probably BT Sport I'm saying, but in in terms of terrestrial rights, no no, no Scots sport any longer. Rangers as a club have a, a conjure to the public at large denied to them, through this ongoing impasse with Pacific Key. Now, when you're talking there about who's setting the narrative, this narrative has already been cast in stone. It's been embellished on a weekly basis. Um, I don't know if any of you guys picked up, but on the BBC web platform, uh, there was a, a bit of fallout on Twitter between uh, a Hearts player and John McGinn uh, for about a bit of contextual. Uh, background: the, the Lee Wallace grass uh, story uh, in the aftermath of the, the Scottish Cup final in 2016 was brought and It absolutely nothing at all to do with the Twitter spark between John McGann and the guy from Hearts. And yet again, it's just another of the, the weekly barrage uh, with regards to setting an agenda and forming a narrative which Rangers will only suffer from. And when you're talking about strict liability, sectarianism, and the industry means that there's only a one-way street. There's never a two-way street. When you look at Celtic fans that are out in in Spain, touching pubs in Benidorm, fighting with cops, you know, hearing a peep in sports scene about that, and eh, it's only going to be another instance of, you know, as Stuart said, there, we'll be be the, the target, full square, and it'll be, if not driven by yeah, certain clubs within the country, it'll certainly be condoned by them. Well,
0: you make an interesting point because, I mean, Clark's picked a week where there's, there's obvious examples out there of how one's getting reported on and one's not. Obviously, Stevie Clark makes his comments. The usual suspects going to overdrive. In the same week, there was incidents that you were talking about. Yeah, there was a Rangers pub in Benidorm, which, which was torched by the Celtic fans who were over for the Valencia game. There was the footage, I don't know if the two of you have seen this, the footage of the, this five-year-old boy in a sort of Celtic club somewhere singing the, the Jimmy Bell song. You know, he's got his mic in hand, belting it out, five-year-old, you know, giving it the full orange bastards, all or that kind of stuff. Hardly a peep, nothing on that, you know what I mean? And, and all this narrative, all this talk about this issue, that, that obviously is a, a problem in Scotland. But again, it comes down to this: it's all one way, you know. All these incidents that have happened this week—the the wee boy singing about Jimmy Bell, Chris Boyd getting sectarian abuse, pubs getting torched—none none of that's really coming to light. It's all with that what those 200, 300 Rangers fans said in the the sort of section, the singing section at Ibrox on Wednesday night. And again, coming back to the strict liability thing, that's when you fear, you know. Where is this going? You know, if they want to bring this in, if the narrative is how it is just now, as you've just said, there, David. To me, there's only one club's going to suffer, and that's it. That, that no one else is going is going to bear the brunt on this. Well,
2: well, who's going to lead the charge for for us in the media? At BBC Scotland is it going to be Derek Ferguson on the radio or Stevie Thompson on the television? Who's gonna, no. who's going to go into bat for Rangers? It's not going to be any of these guys. No, no,
0: I know. They've, 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 they've
2: got their playmasters. They've got, they've got, you know, they've got their, their salaries to, to make and, and maintain. Uh, and
0: they're not going to rock the boat. Sure. Now, uh, you, you spoke earlier on about the, the statement from Dave, Dave King. Now, uh, he, he did actually receive a bit of praise for it. You know, a lot of people uh, within the media had sort of said, you know, this was a sort of stronger statement than what Rangers normally come out with. Putting that to one side, uh, in terms of this issue, which which does keep coming up, now, now the whole—I'm th- not going to be a hypocrite here. You know, I've sung in, in my younger days. I've sung a lot of these songs, the Billy Boys and all the rest of it. You know, because that's what you've done, right? As I got a wee bit older, around about my mid twenties, I started to think I don't know if I quite enjoy this so much. Sort of bend it. I go to the games with my boy now. That's not even on the agenda. they kind of songs. So, you know. The way I view it is, the example I always use is the the smoking ban. You know, there's plenty of smokers out there who disagree that they're not allowed to smoke in pubs, but they they do they they live by the the sort of rule of the land. They say that's how that's a lay of the land these days. I don't think it's right, but I need to adhere to it. I I, I sometimes struggle to get my head around the supporters that indulge in this because it just it just brings up everything, we've just spoke about all the negative publicity now, the debate as to whether these songs should be sung or not sung and I believe there is a debate for that is a separate debate You know, to me you have to box clever you have to look at the lay of the land and as a ranger supporter you have to think well, what's best for my club what is best for Rangers Football Club? Is it best for me to sing these songs and, and bring the club under the spotlight, or is it best for me to avoid them and let that shower out of the road embarrass themselves? Because I think that's what would happen. And I don't understand the mentality of supporters who keep indulging in this stuff. This this thing of you know, songs we've always sung and all the rest of it, I get that. But the fact of the matter is, the lay of the land of now means whenever we indulge in this stuff, we weak we cop it. It causes the club problems. So how do we how do we deal with it?
1: How do we get rid of it? And do get rid of it. Certainly not for a while yet. Um I, th- I think Rangers is different to everybody. To you or I it's different. Uh uh to the Orangemen in the west coast of uh, Glasgow, it's it's different. Um, it manifests themselves in and some songs that you or I might know sing, but these guys do and Are they offensive? Some might be. Are they sectarian? Some might be. Um, Again, I I don't think zones like this are straight up sectarianism. This isn't Iraq and Iran or or, uh, Pakistan or India where where you you see genuine sectarianism, where um, people are at war over it, over religion. It's it's a bit petty, all this stuff. Um, I don't think it really exists in Scotland so much anymore. Um, but so I, I think for the most part, it has been eradicated. I don't think the odd song of the football is the end of the world. Um, and saying that, if, I, I, I do agree. I think we do probably have to try and get rid of the more contentious stuff uh, where we can. And I think we've made good strides on that. I mean, rightly or wrong, we had to get rid of the Billy boys and it's very rare now that you hear that song. So it does work if you get punished for it. So it, I think um, eventually that uh, it has got to come down the line that the, the club are going to get punished more often um, if these type of songs are sung. So I, I think eventually that if that does happen, they will die a death. The problem you've got and the problem we've had over the last 15 years, I mean, you can go back to 2006 um, when we got banned, uh, sort of we got fined by UEFA for the Billy Boys, and and that song got removed. That's um, over 12 years ago now, and um, a a lot of people say, well, get rid of that, then we'll sort of do whatever, we'll we'll turn our attentions to Celtic, and we'll get rid of this, and we'll get rid of that. Celtic fans sing exactly the same song, they talk about Huns, they talk about Orange Bastards, they talk about the IRA, and nothing's done for them. There's no attention on them. So I, I don't buy the argument that if we, Clean up our house. Okay, they'll start looking across the across the Clyde to uh, Celtic Park. I don't think that'll that'll happen. And if it doesn't happen, the, the songs are just going to creep back. I mean, this is this is where fans are. They will they, push. It's young lads, not always young lads, but it's it's a manifestation. Uh, working class people that are are wanting to to. Uh, Rage against the identity. that's right. And rage against the the big the man in the big house. And uh, that's that's what it comes down to. And these type of things, it's it's they'll they'll, they'll, they'll be peaks and trust with it. And I think if you make a big deal of it, people will just react even more and say, "Look at me, I'm the big man." And look at laugh with their pals and say, "Look, I'll send this and bad John honour and all the rest of it to to get lifted by the police and. Instead, when you're a bit older and you realise you've got a mortgage and kids and a wife and all the rest of it, that the last thing you want to do is be in, the, in Helen Street Station over the weekend and, and try to explain to your boss while you were on sports scene singing um, about a football manager being a sad Fenian bastard. It's, it doesn't really work. Um, I, I think we all reach that stage in our life where we understand that. Um, but I, I think it, we come back to the argument we've been having for the last uh, 10, 15 minutes now that until there's a level playing field and every single part of sectarianism or bigotry or whatever you want to call it, whether it's just offensive behaviour or unacceptable conduct, until there's the, a level playing field, you'll never get rid of it.
0: David, there's maybe part of the issue here, uh, I'll give you the last shout on the night, conscious of time, there's maybe part of the issue here, the way that you know, the Celtic supporters have sort of cleverly changed the how their songs are presented. You know, they they give it the whole our songs are political songs they're not sectarian Uh, i think that has changed because again your usual commentators within the media your spears or tom english that's a narrative that they've been pushing you know that the the songs that the celtic fans sing are political they're not sectarian so is that how they've managed to sort of go under the radar on this and, and therefore the spotlight's falling on us now
2: That's always been the case, Colin. As long as I can remember, it's uh, their their cause has always been a romantic one. It's always been politic, political. Mm -hmm. Ours has just been sectarian, Um, knuckle dragging loyalists, royalists, all that, carrying on all the connotations that that, that attaches to it. Aye, I I don't think that there've been any cuter. All I think now is that the media is overwhelmingly. sides where the other ticket whereas in the past we, we were always people always pointing the finger at us and say they're oh, the establishment club they're in the bbc they're on various media outlets they're on newspapers etc etc i think that's if it's not entirely swung the opposite direction that it is certainly um any perceived uh, inequity uh, with regards to the lie of the land culturally within the media um, it's certainly 50-50 if it's not actually swung the other way. So, um, aye, the, 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 the whole the whole thing about it is that there's just no party of esteem. I mean, the, the effigies at Celtic Park, that was you know leaving aside the fact that the fiscal botched it. Um, very little said about that. You look at anti-sectarian steering groups and committees in the in, in Hollywood that's all populated by. Uh, Celtic support and MSPs largely they drive the agenda. So I mean, it filters down into you know it's, you know kind of crazy stuff like, like, like Shireen Nanjiani's radio uh, radio show. Angela Haggerty's on it, and she's only going to uh, prescribe one agenda. There's never going to be equality in terms of how uh, both what what. what, what Leaving it, you know, with both sets of, of fans. There, there's no gonna be equity and there's no gonna be balance. And until that's the case, back to the previous point that Stuart answered, you know, maybe the, the, the boys that are, are singing this stuff are looking at the the, the larger picture. know that I can do in this or you know, in any way, shape, or form. Maybe they're looking like that. Look, we're gonna hammer us whatever. We might as well get our Cludsworth you know, and it, yes, it may be boneheaded defiance. Or whatever superiority complex you can't mention, but until there's actually you know balance and how everyone's treated, and that, that goes for any other club for that matter. I mean, it, it could be sectarianism between hearts and hubs, which doesn't seem to get the same level of scrutiny. Um, and there is, despite a lot of misconceptions, there is sectarianism there, uh, which is, is is swept under the carpet and the the Scottish media, mainstream media in my opinion, uh, to a large extent. But until there's a level playing field, uh, and people, uh, there's a political will amongst the the, the, the influencers and the, and the decision makers, then you're going to have this, you know, sectarianism, industry, continuing ad item, and the Rangers will get the, pardon the French here, the, the dirty end of the stick. And i will continue to yeah. happen in my opinion, call. Co-
0: well, it's hard to disagree. It really is, uh, David. I can't disagree with that at all. But I think, I think, just looking at the time there, I think we need to, to wrap things up tonight. So a big thanks to you, David, and a big thanks to you, Stuart, for your contributions tonight. Excellent, as always. That's it for episode 33 of the weekly Jersnet podcast. And our second live edition. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I hope that the the couple of early technical issues didn't ruin uh, your listen too much. If you enjoyed the podcast as I said at the start of the show uh, please subscribe and share on social media all those kind of things. Tonight's show will be available to stream or download on the the platforms that I mentioned earlier on. Uh, A big thanks to our sound engineer Graham, although he's kind of redundant now we've went live. He doesn't have anything to edit. He just sort of he picks up his money for nothing, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, I'll, need have, I'll need to have a word be sure about that. Uh, there'll, be a, there'll be a show out next week. Obviously, we've got Dundee on Wednesday night in the, the league and the big game at Pataudry on Sunday in the Scottish Cup. Uh, we'll cover those two things next week in the, the podcast. In the meantime, get yourself on to the forums at Gersnet at www.gersnet.co.uk. Plenty of fellow Rangers fans on there, good articles, good stuff. It's all it's all brilliant on there, guys. Trust me, get yourself on it. So in the meantime, and until the next time, thanks for joining us.